Hey everyone, as a quick announcement, 7Sage has now updated our prep test page to now have a format that will be comparable to the August 2024 LSAT with two LR sections. If you're interested in taking prep tests using the new format that is coming up in August 2024, please head over to our prep test page and give it a try. Thank you guys. Have a nice day. Thank you everyone for coming to our webinar tonight. We've got special guest, Scott Milam. He's a partner here at 7Sage, head of service, in charge of our admissions, tutoring, live class, HR, student services, making my life more difficult, anything you could possibly imagine. And he's also on a lot of the pop-up ads that you might see on the site. So if his face looks kind of familiar and you feel a little bit annoyed when you see it, that's probably why. But he's here today to talk a little bit about the most recent change that's come out on the LSAT. The LSAC made an announcement on October 18th, if I have that date right, just kind of announcing a new change that's going to be happening starting next year. So Scott, I'll, I'll hand it over to you. Can you tell us what this change is? Yeah, so we've known for a while that LSAC was going to be making a fairly uh, significant change to the LSAT. So around four years ago, there was a court case that was ultimately settled by two visually impaired test takers who had alleged that the current version of the LSAT, specifically the logic game section, discriminatory to people who were visually impaired because it significantly benefits those who are able to you know, visually diagram the answers to those questions. LSAC decided to settle that lawsuit. And essentially, as part of that settlement, they said that you know, over the next five years, they would come up with some new version of the test that was not discriminatory in that way. We haven't known exactly what they would, were going to do. It looks like they tested several different possible solutions to that, ranging from a new version of the logic game section to various other ideas of exactly how you know, this new version of the test would work. But they announced of course, last week, the, the new version of the test essentially was going to be just removing the logic game section instead of replacing it with a new logical or with a second logical reasoning section. Don't say new. It's not new. Not new. It's the same logical reasoning section. Just two of those and an RC section will be the scored sections of the test, plus an experimental section that will be randomly selected from one of those two. So when you take the test starting in August of 2024, you will get four sections of the test. You will for sure have two LR sections and an RC section, and then one experimental section that could be LR or could be RC. And just like in the current version of the test, you won't know which version or which sections are experimental and which ones are. So you could have three LR sections and one RC. You could have two of each. And of course, they'll be in some sort of random order. Now, you said it just now, but I wanted to make sure we're all on the same page and it's super clear. When exactly is this change going to happen? Yes. So the new version of the LSAT will start in August of 2024. So for those of you who are planning on taking in January, February, or April, really this change is... Or uh, June. Or June, but we'll get to that. You, yeah. You're planning on taking any of those tests. Those tests will be the same uh, as the current version of the test. Awesome. So something that I've been getting asked by a lot of students and clients and, and just people in the LSAT world is, should I panic? Should I be freaking out about the stage? And I'd, I'd love to hear your take on that. Yes, panic, run a box, scream, shout. No, of course, there is no need to panic. There have been changes to the test before. There will almost certainly in some point in the future be future changes to the LSAT. But ultimately, while this changes, of course, the specific things that people are going to be studying, while it changes you know, the emphasis, especially on logical reasoning, which is, I'm sure, something we're going to talk about. Ultimately, there's no reason to panic here. You still are going to prepare more or less the same way with, again, slightly different emphasis. But 
In some ways, this is going to simplify studying for the test. There are only two sections that you'll need to study. And that is, I think, going to reduce the overall time that it's going to take a lot of students to study and to learn the necessary material they need to know in order to master the test. But you know, this isn't a reason to panic. In fact, this is just a reason to double down, to focus on, what it, on, on what's really going to help you be successful as you study for the test. Well, on that note, do you think that the test starting August of 2024 is going to get any harder or any more difficult? Overall, I don't think the test is going to be more difficult because you know, ultimately, even if the material is harder for some students, ultimately, the difficulty of the test is decided by a curve, which is determined by, LSAT, you know, by the makers of the LSAT. And they don't have any interest in changing the curve. They still want the top one quarter of students to get a 160, the top 10% of students to get a 165 or higher the top 1% of students to get a 173. So that really, the, that game hasn't changed. If you are aspiring to, to hit any one of those thresholds, you are still trying to beat out the top, you know, or you know, the bottom 75%, bottom 90%, or the bottom 99% of all other test takers. The exact questions that you're going to face are, of course, going to change a little bit, or rather, you're going to have more logical reason question, questions and fewer logic games. But the, the ultimate goal, which is that you want to study and prepare to the point where you are going to be able to do better at this test than those percentages of test takers, is still the goal that we're going, you're going to have going forward. So with that being said, we know that the test is going to be fundamentally different, or at least the LR section isn't going to be fundamentally different starting August. The only big change is that Logic Games is going away, a second LR section is coming in. Now with that, can I still use seven stages to study for the new LSAT? How can I use seven stages to study for the new LSAT? What does that look like? So obviously, you can still use seven stages to study for the new LSAT. I think here it can be some big changes that you know, are going to happen going forward with, with the new version of the test. One, I think there's going to be a greater emphasis with really good test takers on, on understanding the fundamental logical principles that are tested by the test as a whole, but especially in the logical reasoning section. People, I think, had gotten used to being able to improve their, their test scores just by you know, foolproofing and by really doing a lot of repetition on logic games. That's not going to be the case anymore. You really are going to fundamentally have to understand how logical principles work on a deeper level, how to break down arguments, how to recognize premises and conclusions in a deep way, and be able to identify the flaws and assumptions that are present in arguments. That's going to reward students who really deeply study those principles and are able to apply them. Seven Sage is really well designed to help you do that. And we'll talk about some of the changes, I think, kind of later in this discussion that are, we're going to be making going into the winter and into the next spring that are going to even better help students to, to do those things. Well, let's just jump right into those changes. I know that something <laughs> that we released relatively recently is CCV2 or version 2 of the core curriculum. That really kind of has redesigned how we teach LR and how we go about introducing logical reasoning. Can you tell us a little bit about the the improvements in CCV2? Absolutely. So you know, essentially going into CCV2 or what we're kind of branding as the, the kind of new version or the, the curriculum that's designed for this new version of the LSAT. We knew because there was going to be a change in the LSAT that was coming down the pipe that we were going to need a, a deeper focus on these core logical principles that was more accessible for students and would help them to kind of better structure their study as they went through those sections. So a few changes that come with this new version of the test, which is or this new version of the curriculum, which is already available to you on 7th stage. The first is that it's better organized. 
We have separated out the foundation material from the actual logical reasoning material. What does that mean? So essentially, the foundations, the teaching, the you know, the core principles of argumentation are kind of set off so that you really kind of learn that before you start jumping into the individual question types. I think that's just a better way to study the material. It's a better way for you to acquire that knowledge. It helps you to better locate and find the things that you really need to study, both as you're doing your kind of initial learning path, but also as you go back and review the material, as you, if you find that you're struggling with a certain question type. That structure is going to better able help you better able to you know, zero in on exactly what it is that you need to study and need to practice in order to improve or to rectify those mistakes. Additionally, we have uh, reorganized our categorization scheme for the question subtypes to kind of better reflect the fundamental ideas that are present in the logical reasoning section. So I think that's going to, again, as you do your initial learning path, but also as you go back and review that better uh, categorization scheme is going to help you better determine, you know, hey, why did I miss this question? And what do the questions that I missed have in common? What are the common ideas that I seem to struggle with? And that's going to, again, help you to better review and help to better improve as you start to prep test and as you drill. I was just going to just kind of add in there. So what I'm hearing is that core curriculum version one did all these things. Core curriculum version two is just organized and categorized a little bit better. Yeah. So one, it's organized better. It breaks down the concepts in a, in a way that I think is going to be more comprehensible for people. It's also set around, it's built around better pedagogical principles. So in addition to you, you know, us teaching these principles, they're going to be a lot more skill builders what we sometimes call U-tries, where you are, as you're going through the curriculum, really trying and practicing the fundamental skills. Make sure that you really have them and have a chance to check that knowledge before you move on to the next idea. As someone who spent a lot of time teaching teenagers formal logic in, in my past career, it's really easy for students, especially as they're watching videos, to just say, not along, yeah, I think I got that. Uh, so breaking up those videos, um, actually having you test yourself on the fundamental concepts, not just full out LR questions, but the individual concepts that build up to those is going to help you better check your knowledge, better practice those fundamental skills that ultimately lead you to be able to address the real questions on the LSAT as well. Additionally, all of our lessons are going to have a you know, full text. You can read through that accompany those videos, which will hopefully be more accessible to students. And again, for a lot of students, just having that you know, second way to go back and check through or to search for specific things, hopefully will make it a little bit easier for you to go back through those lessons on review. Additionally, all of our lessons are more data-driven and more thorough. So the videos are longer, they're shot in higher resolution, especially important as people are looking at these, are watching these on larger screens. And you know the specific strategies that, that we're using are you know, driven by the data that we've collected over more than a decade of helping people with the LSAT. So again, this gives us an opportunity to go through and make a second pass where we have, you know, having watched how people have learned and taken the LSAT on seven stages through this time, we've learned, you know, better strategies that will hopefully help our students to better engage with this section just in time for it to be twice as important on the test. Yeah. And I, I just want to add to that, core curriculum version one is I don't know about you, Scott, but it's what I personally use when I studied for the LSAT, you know, before I ever worked for Seven Sage or, you know, got a Seven Sage shirt. And it was really good. I, I found it was really helpful. It went over all the important things, everything I needed to know, needed to know. And something students have asked me is whether version two is different content or, or different material or teaches a different LR section. I just want to make it clear. That's not true. If you studied using version one, you didn't miss out on all this wonderful LR knowledge. You still know that section, right? It's still the same section. Just organize a little better, a couple more drills thrown in there, quality's better, structured better. It's just better. But you are not any worse off for having done CCV1 and now you're starting to drill and do other things. 
yeah, again, the, the core concepts of the test haven't changed. The core concepts that are taught between version one and version two of the curriculum haven't changed. I really think of version two as a as an upgrade to what we already had. So if you have already studied and you are happy without with your LR performance, don't feel the need to go back to and watch things in in version two. You, you there's not new content that you need to learn in order to be prepared for the test. However, if you are struggling with a particular concept or you feel like you've walked, you've gone through version one. And you didn't really understand what it was, you know, a particular concept, and, and you'd like to hear it explained in a different way. Then I would really encourage you go go on to version two, take a look at it, and see if those lessons help it click in your brain a little bit better. Especially as you're going through and PTing, if you're finding that, for instance, RRE questions are just really kicking your butt, and you've gone through the the initial lessons before, but you haven't gone through V2, I would really encourage you take a take a look at it. It may be that just having the le- the same content explained in a little bit different way helps it click helps you respond to it, you know, in, in a different way and, and and ultimately be able to apply it better on the test. Now, what if I, I'm looking at my syllabus tab on the website and I don't see CCV2, how do I get it to appear? What do I need to do? So I think that you will, at, you know, at the end of this, we will share a link with you that will take you directly there. But ultimately, if you go to the settings tab at 7 Sage, so just click on your face or your little gravatar image at the top right, Go into settings and you'll see a you'll see an option that will let you enable version two of the curriculum. From there, just go to the syllabus and you will see you will see a button that says switch to version two. Click that and you'll be able to see the entire version two syllabus. Yeah, awesome. I will just seen some questions pop up in the in the QA. I just want to say that we are going to wrap up our portion of this webinar pretty soon. Right after that, we'll jump into the QA portion. So if you do have questions, Put them in the Q&A option at the bottom of your, your Zoom bar there, and we'll, we'll answer them in just a little bit. The next thing that I wanted to talk about just really quickly is our live class program and how that has been kind of responding to this change and what that will look like. So if you don't already know, we offer weekly live classes. There's over 40 of them a week now, I think, or some ludicrous number like that, taught by some of our, our best instructors. And as this change happens, as we go into next year, more people are studying for the LSAT that doesn't have a logic game section. We're going to have even more LR classes and more of a focus on LR through there. So stay tuned. (laughs) Check out our live class, our subscription there. If you want to watch some of the classes, see if it's a good fit, especially because of LR being two thirds of your score. If you're struggling even a little bit, the tiniest bit of improvement can really mean a lot of points if you're taking after August. So definitely check out our live class schedule. Be on the lookout for even more LR classes there. Now, Scott, I want to ask you how how Seven Sage is responding to this change now, right? We already have the new core curriculum. That's already been done. What's going to change on the platform to make it easier for students to study for the August 2024 and beyond tests? So a couple of big changes. Of course, the the biggest one that we've already talked about is that we are coming out with a a new curriculum that you can already go out and test that is designed to help you prepare you for the new version of the LSAT. But also coming in 2024, we are doing a complete revamp of our site from the ground up. So we'll be sending more information about that, but that will include a completely new interface, a new tester, new a new drills interface, and along with that, we'll also be you know revamping our live class program to to kind of better be in sync with our new curriculum as well. So you know, we'll be hopefully in the first quarter of next year, we will have a version of that that you can all help us beta test, and also with hopefully a launch coming later in the year. So please stay tuned on that. We are also working very hard, hopefully within the next few weeks, to have a new version of the tester that will allow you to actually take the 2LR1RC version of the test that you'll have in August of 2024. Incidentally, if you are 
already wanting to get a sense for what that would be like, you can already by taking any of the prep tests on seven saves and just skipping the logic game section. We'll certainly send this out as well, but we have a score converter that will allow you to essentially ad- you know, adapt you, you, or to figure out what your score would be in August if you took the 2LR1RC version of the test. So if you're one of those people who's wondering, hey, would I be better taking the August 2024 version or would I be better off taking one of the versions before? Then you can already kind of test that out and I'd be happy to talk about that more. Yeah, that was actually going to be my very next question, right? So when exactly should I take the test? For people who are planning on taking the test early next spring, maybe June was the first test that you're planning on taking. What, what advice do you have for people in those situations? Ultimately, if you were planning on taking the test, and if you are deep into your studies, if you were prepared to take the test in January, February, or April, I really don't think this changes anything for you at all. Go ahead and solicit the test that you've been studying for this entire time. Get your score. This change is really just going to kind of pass you by. On the flip side, if you were just beginning your studies and you were planning on taking for the first time in August of 2024 or later, Plan on t- just study for the new version of the test. You There's a whole section of the test that you don't need to study for. The logic games material, you don't need to worry about. Study LR, study RC on here on 7th Sage. Take your prep test as you would. Just focus on the new version of the test that you're going to study. I think the, the real strategic consideration comes for those who are planning on taking the test for the first time in June or August. Because if you were planning on taking for the first time, if before you knew about this change, you know, June was your, your kind of target test day. I think you really do have kind of a challenging decision to make because, you know, obviously that will still be the logic games version of the test. Do you want to invest all of that time uh, on, you know, a logic games version of the test that's going to be ultimately phased out? I've been giving clients that I've talked to is this. If you are already in, you know, in the process of studying and you are aiming for June, look very carefully at if you take a diagnostic test or take a practice test and really see the ratio between your logic game section and your logical reasoning section and see where you're currently performing. If you are significantly better at logic games than you are at logical reasoning, then I would really encourage you to you know, really try to press forward and try to take the test your very first time in April, if at all possible. Because that really gives you a fallback. If you were to take June for your very first time and something were to happen, as unfortunately it can, whether that be you you just aren't your best that day, or you know, there's some sort of weird proctor issue that can that prevents you from really engaging with the test, then ultimately you will have invested a lot of study time into learning a section of the test that is going to be obsolete and you're going to have to over the next two months kind of retool and refocus for the new version of the test that comes out in August. If you can aim for April, that gives you two bites of the apple with the Logic Games version of the test. If, however, you are already performing much better on logical reasoning than you are on Logic Games, you might really consider aiming for the August 2024 test as your first test. And that will save you the time and effort of having to learn the Logic Games section. It prevents you having to have that problem of, well, you practice for one version of the test, you don't get your score or things happen. And then you have to study for a completely different version of the test later on. While it does compress your application cycle, there are ways that you can help yourself with that. You can go ahead with some, basically take the time you would have spent studying for logic games. Instead, pour some of that into going ahead and getting your application material, uh, starting your application materials. And I know our admissions department will be doing some live classes and some webinars as well that are going to give some guidance on how you can do some of that prep work. So again, stay tuned for all of that. That makes a lot of sense. So just 
to recap what you said there, so everyone understands and I understand, right? If you're planning on taking the test for the first time ever in June of 2024, reconsider, right? Think about maybe taking it for the first time in April so you have a backup plan if it doesn't go as well. Or if Logic Games isn't your jam or you haven't really started studying yet, probably better to invest that time into LR and kind of double the amount of time that you're spending for LR, spend a little bit more time on your admissions materials and take August for the first time or have your first test that you take be in August. Do I have that right? Yes. That's exactly right. Again, I just I would hate for anyone to aim for that June test, having invested all of the time into logic games, be completely ready, and oh my goodness, I can't connect that day because the internet goes off in my house, or there's a rocker problem, or you know, I get a flat tire on the way to the testing center, or any of the many things that can happen on you know one specific day. And then you've you invested all of this time into studying for at least part of the test that then is going to be obsolete and you're not going to be able to take full advantage of. So I would always encourage people to never plan to just have a single bite at the LSAT. Give yourself the opportunity to have a fallback just in case there are proctor issues or you're not your best that day or whatever. And in addition to it giving you a second chance should you need it, it also takes a lot of pressure off of that one, you know, off that one test. I know a lot of people struggle with test anxiety and struggle with that kind of performance anxiety. And there is nothing that makes that worse than thinking, this is the one and only chance I have to take this version of the test. Yeah. That just doesn't set most people that I know up for success. Give yourself another opportunity at it. And I think you'll ultimately end up doing a lot better as a result. Yeah, I totally agree. There's been some conversation in the chat about whether or not you can still use seven stages to study for logic games if you're taking the test before 2024. I just want to clear that up. The answer is yes. All of the logic games resources will still be there. It's not going to magically disappear before August of 2024. (laughs) So if you're taking any test between November and June of next year, and you're studying for logic games, please continue to do that. You will have the resources to do that. I think where the confusion was when Scott said earlier that we're going to be revamping the testing platform to give you the option to take it without logic games. It's just that. It's an option. You'll still have the ability to take practice tests with the logic game section right on seventh stage. Uh, you know, going into the to the spring of next year, intend for you to be able to study for either version of the test because we know we're going to have a lot of people on this site who are just starting their their study process and are going to be shooting for that August or later test dates. We just want to make sure that they have a version of the tester where they can take diagnostic tests, they can take practice tests that are going to accurately represent how they're going to do in the fall. But we are still going to have all the same resources that we have always had here at Seventh Sage. For those of you who are taking the January, February, April, and June versions of the test, you will have the opportunity to do and practice both. And I would encourage you, if you have any doubts, try one of each test. See if one of them really does help you do better. Because I, I, you know, th- that's just kind of part of the strategic question here. While the, the overall difficulty of the test, we don't envision changing. Obviously, you know, getting rid of logic games is going to make the test easier for some people and harder for some others. There are some people who are really good at logic games and who are weaker in logical reason. The new version of the test is not going to be as prefer- preferential for them, or it's at least going to be harder and take more time for them to study and achieve the same level of aptitude. If that's you and you have the opportunity to take some time in the spring, I would encourage you to study and do that. If on the flip side, logic games were always a struggle for you, that was certainly me. The logic games was the thing of the test that I dreaded. If this matches your application cycle, I would encourage you to at least consider really studying and preparing for the August and on versions of the test. Because, you know, really what sounds like those are going to be preferential for you. You are going to do even better on those than you're already doing on this version of the test. 
All right. Awesome. Well, with that, let's go ahead and start the, the Q&A. All right, Crystal. Hello. Good night. I just hey, have a quick... Oh, I'm doing well. How are you doing? We're doing great. What's your questions? So I just have a quick question. Would you say five months is enough time to study that if we were supposed to take it in April? I'm, I'm going to give everyone's favorite answer. And you're probably going to hear it a lot during this Q&A. It depends. Because five months, it depends a lot on what you're, where you start, on what your target is, and perhaps most crucially, how many hours you have per week to study. If you have five months to study two hours, two hours a week, well, that's probably not going to be you know, enough unless you know, you're already fairly close to your goal score. On the flip side of that, if you have five months to study on a full-time schedule and you have no other distractions, even if you're looking to make a pretty significant score increase, then I think that would be that would generally be sufficient. But ultimately, that's just going to depend on how much time you have available to study and really what sort of increase that you're looking for. Thank you. Thank you. Also, I, I totally forgot I wanted to do this before the Q&A portion. Here is a link to a blog post that talks about a lot of the, the main updates that, that we were talking about in case you're having to log off early or you just don't want to be a part of the Q&A and won't be offended. It's okay. You can see all the information that you need about this new update there. Scott also just put in the chat a link to the new score converter. So if you take a test without the logic game section, you can see roughly what your score would have been without that section. The other thing that I want to throw in here before anybody does have to log off early is that we do have a Seven Sage LSAT podcast. I'm one of the co-hosts of it. We just recorded an episode with JY going over some of these changes as well and getting his perspective on them. Not that his opinions are more important than yours, Scott. But <laughs> it, is, it is nice to, to kind of hear from a couple of different people, not only how Seven Sage is reacting to this change, but also how you should react to this change. That episode will go live not this upcoming Monday, but the Monday after that. So stay tuned anywhere you listen to podcasts. You can listen to that episode with JY as well. Well, with that out of the way, if anybody else has any questions that they want to ask out loud, feel free to, to raise your hand and I'll call on you. Saw one here in the chat that I'll address. So Hannah asked, if I can repeat how we convert the score to the new test. So if you go to that score converter, there's a brief explanation at the top, but just to kind of walk you through it. So if you want to see how you would do on the new test, go to any of the prep tests on our site, except for prep test 92. It's the only prep test that doesn't have two logical reasoning sections and take the entire test except for the logic game section. So that is going to basically have you take two LR sections and an RC section. All you need to do then is count up the number that you missed between those sections and use the score converter to convert the number of missed questions you have to your scaled score. And, and to answer uh, your second question, yes, you just kind of take out the questions that you missed on logic games and, and count up the rest. Yeah. And to be clear, as long as you took a either a four-section test with two uh, LR sections or you know somehow took two LR sections as part of that, if you took the, the kind of, you've checked the box to take the modern version of the test, you probably would have, you should have been presented with just one LR section, one LG section, one RC section. That's not going to give you any different score than yeah, you know, you've already taken on the test. So more really LSAT the, study the point tips. Of that score is to let you get a sense for how what you would have scored if you had taken two LR sections and RC section. Main reason, by the way, that for a different score converter is that the test is has a slightly different number of questions with two LR sections and an RC section by exactly two. So we had to redo our kind of score chart for missed questions to scale score because. LR sections are, on average, two questions longer than LG sections. All right. Awesome. We don't have any hands raised, so we'll go into the, the questions in the Q&A box. Mm -hmm. The first one that we have is, for those of, those of us applying in fall of 2024, 
Should we wait to take the LSAT for the new version? Will one test score be valued lower than the other for the admissions process? So I, I know that for a really detailed expert level answer to that question, I would encourage you to come to the Dean's Roundtable tomorrow night. So Taj McCoy, who is one of our esteemed admissions consultants, is going to be asking essentially that exact same question to a panel full of law school deans or deans of admission who will be able to, will be answering that in a lot of detail. That said, we have no indication that the new version of the test is going to be esteemed any lower than the current version of the test. Really, what schools are going to be looking at is essentially what admitting you as a student, essentially what that's going to do for their rankings. And that's ultimately more or less dependent upon the percentile that your score represents. And every indication that we've had from LSAC is that they intend to keep the percentile ranking for the various scores consistent between this version of the test and the new version. Now, that said, obviously, if LSAC comes out with new information that contradicts that, we will update you as soon as we can. But at least the indications we have right now is that the current version of the test and the new version of the test should be esteemed the same by law school admissions departments. All right. Awesome. Anna Maria, feel free to unmute. Hi, thank you guys so much for your time. I had a quick question about if you guys anticipate there will be any change in the difficulty of the LR sections, kind of sorting to account for the fact that for many test takers, the logic game section was the most difficult one to master, or if you anticipate that it will be the same and that they aren't going to be making any changes in that way. We anticipate that they're going to be the same. Part of the reason for that is that LSAC has kind of a long vetting process with the experimental versions of the test. So it takes them a while to dramatically change the section. We haven't noticed anything that would suggest a a significant variance in the difficulty. You know, we don't have a lot of reports of people coming out and saying there was a an LR section in a much harder, you know, longer or otherwise different LR section, or conversely, a much easier LR section that would suggest that there was an experimental section of the test that was radically different. And everything that we've heard from LSAC makes it sound like they are trying to keep the overall difficulty of the test consistent. They want, in other words, a a curve that is more or less shaped the same as the current test. So that all kind of points to them having a a logical reasoning section that is consistent. Now, the exact curve may change. In other words, the number of questions you can miss to get particular scores might change based on based on all the information that you just said, that people tend to miss fewer logic games questions than they do LR questions. But the indication is the overall difficulty of the test should be more or less the same. Thank you. Of course. I think we Gabrielle did put a question in the in the Q&A oh, portion. So I'll go ahead and, and read that out loud. And Gabrielle, let me know in the chat if that's not the question that you wanted to ask. Also, I have here the link to the Dean's Roundtable for tomorrow. All right. I have registered for the June LSAT. I've been studying consistently since September and was studying on and off since February of 2023. I have my study plan set from October 1st to May 5th. Should I consider registering for the April LSAT if my practice test scores are within my score goal range by mid-February? I know the deadline for the April LSAT is in late February, so that's why I'm asking. I'm afraid of not being able to have a second attempt if I take June. So I would really recommend if it's at all possible for you to to make sure you schedule a second LSAT for you. Again, because for a couple of reasons. One, you know, if you don't get your score, if you're not quite performing at your best in April, then that gives you a second chance of taking a you know an equivalent test in June. It also means that if there are any, you know, of course, technical issues or other things that again you, you have a better shot. And hopefully again, it takes a little bit of stress 
off of that one off that one test. If you're really going into a test thinking that this is the only one I can take and possibly get my score. My goodness, I can only imagine what that's going to do to you the morning of test day as you're kind of getting ready. I can't. It's a really rare person who is going to react to that scenario with kind of calm, collected test taking. So giving yourself, I think registering for April and for June really is setting yourself up for success. That's it. There may be a situation where you absolutely can't do that and be happy to talk to anyone who, for whom that's the case. You know, some of the strategy is going to be very dependent upon you and, of course, your exact schedule and how good you are at the various different sections. But, you know, when in doubt, I would always try to, you know, kind of register for these in pairs, thus maximizing the chance that, you know, hey, if, if I don't get my score on my first take, then I have another one coming right after it that I could take. By the way, that's just a general piece of advice that I encourage anyone who's aiming for the fall test in particular to keep in mind. The registration deadline for the September test is after you have gotten your score back for the August test. So if if you register for August and you don't like your score and you haven't registered for September, the best you're going to be able to do is register for October, which is going to extend by an entire month, the length of time that you have to study, push back, of course, you working on your application materials and other things. So especially for fall test takers. I always encourage you to to register for those tests in pairs. I, uh, I've been getting a couple... No worries, Gabrielle. Glad we were able to get your question answered. I've been getting a couple of direct messages about why we're emphasizing April and June so much and not June and August. It's not like you won't be able to retake the test if you take it in June for the first time. You absolutely can't, right? No one's going to come at your door and block you from taking the test again. If you take it in June for the first time, you can absolutely take it again in August or any other future test date. What we're saying is that if you plan on taking the test in June, you have to study for the logic game section. It'll be a third of your score. And if you don't end up getting the score that you want in June and you end up having to retake, now you have spent all of this time studying for a section that's not going to be on the test anymore. And now LR is going to be two thirds of your score. And what you could have done if you had planned to take in the, for the first time in August is spend all of that time you would have spent studying for LG, studying for LR. So that's why we're emphasizing that it's probably not in your best interest to take June for the first time. Doesn't mean you can't. You have free will. Do what you want, right? This is just our advice. So we've just had a couple of things, a couple of people in the chat just be like, what do you mean I can't retake it in August? You totally can do that. Totally fine. You just would have spent a lot of time studying for a section that is completely going away. Yeah, but that that's a sense. really good way to explain it. Yeah. Mustafa, go ahead. Hello, Scott and Asta. Asta, I've been listening to the podcast with Henry. It's a great show. I recommend everybody to watch it. It gets me through my week. It starts on Mondays. Anyways, my question is too specific, but I'm I'm glad Gabriela asked her question and motivated me to go ahead. LSAT is not something that has been coming easy to me. You know, untimed, I've brought it to 170s. I just started doing time section and everything went down. So uh, when I do logic games, within an hour, I can get it to minus three. But when the time starts, it's minus 13. So that's, I was, I, I don't know if you guys can even answer my question, but uh, I was wondering, what do I do? <laughs> do I do it without the logic games or I don't know. I know it's too specific, but yeah, I wanted to, to try my best to ask. If I can take this one, Scott, two pieces of just really quick advice. What I would recommend doing is for the next month, try to reduce your time on that section by a minute a day. So do the logic game section, do just one section, and just try to reduce your time of doing it by a minute. And if you're able to do that right over the next couple of weeks, and you feel like you're really making good progress, time's going down, accuracy isn't going down, you're feeling good, 
okay, cool, right? It's only October. You can probably spend some time study for April and, and take logic in and be good. But if you do that for the next couple of weeks and you're like, God, this really sucks. Like I'm really bad at logic games. It's going to take me a lot longer than I thought to, to reduce my time. A minute each time is still too much. Maybe plan for August. Does that answer your question or give you a little bit of guidance there? Yes, it does. Thank you. Yeah. Run a little experiment. See what happens. All right. Jad? Jad? Hello. Thank you for taking my question. If I plan on applying in a few years, do you predict that law schools will prefer the newer version of LSAT just like up other applicants in the cycle are, are providing? Or do you think they won't care if you take the LSAT sooner and like benefit from the fact that there's logic gains on the tests? I haven't seen any information that would come uh, this come out so far that would give me an indication that law schools are going to prefer the early version to the later version of the test. Because it seems that L- LSAC is intending on making sure that the overall difficulty reflected in the percentile is consistent between the two versions of the test. In other words, from everything that we've heard, the LSAC plans for a 173 on the old version test to represent someone who is in the top 1% of test takers. And in the new version of the test, a 173 will still represent the top 1% of test takers. Similarly, a 165 will represent somebody who's in the top 10% of test takers, both on the current version and on the new version that's coming out in August of 2024. And I think ultimately, that's the thing that that law schools really care about is what does this test say about your level of performance? I've seen no indication that that they care whether that is because of there was a logic game section or because it was double logical reason. Something else that I want to add to that is that the LCC in their announcement with this change released some data saying that there's no fundamental difference in scores if you take away the logic game section. That if you run all the numbers for how people would have scored with two LR sections and how people would have scored with an LR and LG section... It's the same, effectively, yeah, within or, like a hundredth of a decimal. Yeah, within, within a small fraction of one percentage point. Now, of exactly. course, at stage, we have learned that we don't just you know assume that all the information that's given to us is accurate. We are going to be keeping an eye on that. We'll, LSAC does you know you know, give us reports on on scores as they start coming out in the fall, and we'll be reporting on that as well. But at least the indications that we have right now is that there isn't going to be a significant change in the the scoring or the percentiles of the upcoming test. All right, awesome. Another question from the Q&A. Thank you for taking the time to answer your questions. You're welcome. I'm planning on applying for the fall 2025 semester, so applying next fall. LG has always been a struggle for me. Is it worth waiting until August to take the LSAT to make my life easier and avoid the LG section altogether? Or is taking the LSAT in August way too late to apply for fall of 2025? I don't think it's too late. <laughs> what do you think, Scott? Not too late at all. And our admissions department would be glad to tell you that as well. Now, what I would encourage you to do if you're aiming for that for that fall test, and by the way, this isn't this is the same advice I would have given this past fall, for that matter, if someone was taking for in August or September for the first time, is needless to say, when you get your score, you're you're going to have less time between when you get your score and when you want to put in your applications, hopefully sometime before Thanksgiving. So main thing I would just encourage you to do if you're aiming for one of those fall tests is go ahead and do some of the work on your personal statements and other application materials before you you finish with the LSAT. You can do a lot of the personal statement work. You go through the first couple of drafts you know, as a study break for the LSAT over the summer. And that will really help prepare you, you know, as you go into the fall to get your score and be able to turn that around and fairly quickly get your application sent out. So we have students do that all the time. We have students take in October and still get in timely applications to all the schools that they want to. And even if you waited to start your personal statements and other things until after you got that score, you could still get that done. But 
obviously it's going to be a little bit more stressful for you if you haven't done any of the work before you get your score. So the later your LSAT score is going to come in, I would say the, the main difference to your application cycle is just go ahead and start working on your application materials just a little bit earlier. And if you need any help working on your application materials, <laughs> reach out to our wonderful admissions consultants. Actually, one of the big benefits of working with an admissions consultant, other than all the wonderful things they do in helps in terms of helping you create your narrative and really design your strategy and pick which schools you should apply to, given your GPA and LSAT and all of those other things, is that they can really help make that process happen much faster. If you are working under a time crunch, it is really helpful to have a professional editor who can help you with the long, laborious process of getting from brainstorming your initial personal statement idea to actually being able to ship that application out. And also just give you a lot of confidence that the you having to do that on a, on a shorter time scale isn't going to significantly reduce the quality of the application that you put together. In other words, you, you can offload a little bit of that work onto someone who has done this time and time again, cycle after cycle, and just have a little bit more confidence that, okay, just because I had to get this done in three weeks doesn't mean I missed a whole bunch of typos in this personal statement or I wrote the wrong school name in the YX essay. Yeah, or, 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 or whatever the case may be. Is again just helps make sure that you know the quality of your application is high, even though you have to do it on a tight time scale. And our admissions consultants are really good at working with those deadlines. Awesome. I think we have time for for one, maybe two more. We'll see. One that came through the chat. What if I'm taking the LSAT before the change, the August 2014? Which version of the core curriculum is recommended? And also, why does version two schedule planner say there are only 94 hours? So I. I haven't seen a change to the, the version 2 schedule changer, but I will definitely look at that. And if, uh, also, if you'll send me the name of that person, I will be happy to email them. You have a full explanation for that because I don't know that off the top of my head. But in terms of which version of the curriculum that I would encourage you, if you're just getting started, I would really encourage you to use the, the version 2 curriculum. While you know, we are certainly you know, ranting and encouraging people to, to view that as the kind of new version, of the curriculum that will prepare you for this new version of the test. It's also just really good LR material. It does a really good job of preparing you for every section of the test. I would encourage you to go ahead and, and try it out. You can you can go ahead and switch into it. It still has the logic games material that we had originally designed for that before we had confirmation that they would be getting rid of that section. So I think you're going to find it, even if you're taking the version of the test that will exist from now until June, I think you're still going to find version two to be a significant upgrade over version one. And, and the other thing I'll say to that is I just want to reemphasize the LR section is not changing over the course of this change. Mm -hmm. So the LR that you would study for before August of 2024, core curriculum version one or core curriculum version two will be the same LR section that you will take after August of 2024. You do not need to, it's not like core curriculum version two is the new and, and brand new LR section. It's the same LR section we've all grown to love. That part of it is not changing. The other thing that I'll say as far as the, the study schedule, I just wanted to touch on that a little bit. It's the amount of the amount of hours is contingent on the drills that you do and the the videos that you watch. So I don't know if ninety four hours seems like a a low amount for you or a, a high amount for you, but it's just a summation of of the lessons and drills that are in the core curriculum. If you want to clarify that question, I'm, I'm happy to answer it. But it's the phrasing of only ninety four hours that's throwing me off a little bit. I think ninety four hours is a lot of studying. Personally, I did much more than that when I was studying for the LSAT, at least. Awesome. We'll stick around for just a couple of minutes here. Hey, Ariana, what's up? Hi, I'm just wondering how to make sure that I'm using version two. 
yeah, it'll you'll have an option if you're on version two right above where the lessons start to switch okay. back to version one. There should be a button that says, you know, take me back to version one. So if you have that option, that means you are, in fact, in version two. Okay, got it. Thank you. Of course. Hello, it's David here. So I might have not been paying attention when you guys said this, but is there an advantage of using version two vice version one? I, I am planning on taking the August test, but is, is there any different content in version one than in version yeah. two? So the, the concepts are the same. Version two is just organized and structured a little bit better. It's a little bit more efficient to go through. We've categorized things a little bit differently just so that you can really understand exactly what type of question you're working on. We've also added in a lot more drills for you to practice the skills that you're doing as you're going through the core curriculum. So it's it's the same information, right? The LR section is exactly the same. It's just an upgraded version of a version one. So if you haven't already started using the core curriculum, I'd recommend switching over to version two. Thank you. Of course. All right. I started studying with Seventh Station on October 1st. Should I go ahead and change to version two? I'd say so, Gabriella. I don't see why not. Give it, a, give it a shot, at least. If you hate it, you can email me and let me know and go back to version one, and that's okay. But I, I think it's worth trying. Yeah. I, I've really not encountered anyone so far who tried version two and didn't prefer it. gone back. So it, it is, it is, it's just a straight-up upgrade. You should try version two. Yeah. If I have three months full-time to complete both LSAT and application, how would you suggest I allocate time between the two test and essays? Oh, lots of Red Bull? No. That's not my real advice. What I what I would recommend is trying to do both in bits and pieces. The LSAT isn't the type of test that you can really cram for, right? It's not something that if you just buckle up with a bunch of Red Bulls two nights before the test and go through the entire curriculum as fast as you possibly can, you're probably not going to score as well as you could have had you studied a little bit more consistently. The LSAT at its core is a test of habits. So the more consistently you can study, even if it's little by little, right, throughout the week, a couple hours here and there, I'd rather you study one or two hours a day, five days a week, than study for 24 hours a day, two days leading up to the test. Let's split up your time between the LSAT and the essays like that. Yeah, and just to elaborate on that, I mean, the, the LSAT is different than a lot of the tests that you've probably taken in college because a lot of the t- tests that you've taken in college really are knowledge acquisition tests. It tests whether or not you have, you, you, you have succeeded in cramming certain information in your brain and are able to regurgitate it on the test. That's not what the LSAT is. It's not a knowledge test, though obviously you do need to know some things to do well at it. It's ultimately a skills test and skill acquisition takes time and it takes practice. And it's the sort of thing that just like practicing an instrument or practice, you know, practicing a hookshot. If you try to do it for eight straight hours a day, you're ultimately, you're just going to hit diminishing returns in a hurry. What I would recommend that you do is schedule out and split your time between those two things. You're not going to be able to study the LSAT eight hours a day and be effective. So plan on studying it four hours a day or five hours a day and then take a break and then spend some time working on your application materials. I think you'll actually find that, you know, that even though it is still work in a sense, just the change of pace of doing a more creative task rather than a kind of intensive practice and a review task probably is going to be a little less stressful in your brain and it helps you kind of move closer to being able to submit those applications. All right. Awesome. I think that brings us to the end of our time today. So thank you everyone who attended again. Good luck on your prep. If you have any questions, feel free to shoot us an email. 
join some of the office hours and other live classes that we have on the website or use the forums. Our, our community is there to help each other. I think it's one of the best parts of Seven Sage. And if you have a question, I'm sure other people do as well. But with that, have a great rest of your night, y'all. Bye. Great to see you all.